0: What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's any questions that you have um, for the guest or any future guests you'd like to have on, we're always checking comments on there and love to hear your guys' feedback. Today, I'm going to be joined by Ethan from WP Developments, and I wanted to chat with him about their new 68 RFE manual valve body, which is the first we've ever heard of anything like that. So I wanted to get the lowdown on it, learn about applications, how it works, and benefits it's going to have out there for any of you guys with 68 RFEs. Before we get to it though, I wanted to give a shout out to Kershaw Knives. Our friends over there have a 20% off discount code for you. Use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. It's a great way to save 20% off site-wide. They got a bunch of cool gear. Um, They had a whole bunch of product releases this year which we did an episode with them in January and they gave us an overview of all the new products so if you need something for EDC hunting fishing something around the job site definitely make sure and take advantage of it all right let's get to today's podcast with Ethan from WP developments and talking about the 68 RFE manual valve body welcome to the podcast Ethan how's it going good how are you doing Patrick man I'm doing pretty good I've been uh, seeing a lot of cool stuff you guys are working on there at uh, WP developments and I had to get you back on
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We've been, uh, hitting that 4am alarm clock pretty (laughs) recently here and studying our tails off.
0: I can't remember if it was like a Thursday, maybe it was a Friday night or Friday afternoon. And you guys had posted up this, uh, 68 full manual valve body, you know, like a, uh, a test drive. And I thought, Oh man, this is going to be crazy. And I wanted to ask you about a full manual valve body on a 68 RFE. Like, how does that work? How'd you do it? I mean, I know you can't tell me how you did it, but like, help me understand it
1: okay uh well so first off uh we came into limitations obviously like um tuning has been a big limiting factor for you know not just shops but everybody across the board um so we knew we had to do something that we could control um obviously that kind of projected us towards a manual valve body um a lot of people said it was impossible. It's definitely not. Uh, it's uh, doing great. Honestly, we the only one thing I was worried about with it was actually uh, towing because we actually used the second gear from the 68 as our first gear. So uh, we took first gear out of it. So we don't have sprag issues. Um, we go from second gear to third gear to fourth gear, and then we skip from fourth to six gear. So that's our one, two, three, and four. Uh, the reason we did that was because one, we wanted to eliminate a sprag issue for, you know, rough house playing, you know, like burnouts and full wheel drive launches. Um, the second gear is super strong. It's the biggest clutch pack, you know, with the underdrive clutch on in the entire train. So it's super stout. Um, just to test how stout it was, we actually for our unit only, uh, we did make a trans break for it. And uh so our our 2010 test truck definitely has a trans break in it we have full wheel drive boosted trans brake launched it um which is super cool it's fun um so we skipped over the fifth gear just because that is uh paired with one of the weakest clutches in the uh, 68 RFE. so we took that out, it shifts identical to a full manual valve body 48. Um, as of like that, you know, third to fourth year transition, a lot of people were worried about, you know, oh, that's a big drop and stuff like that. Um, being the fact that you can, you know, you choose when that thing goes into overdrive, um, you know, with a button, just like your 47, 48, uh, manual valve body stuff, you can run the RPMs out and get it into overdrive. It doesn't lug the turbo or, you know, the truck. Um, if you don't want it to go, obviously you just don't push the button. So it's like, uh, it's like on demand shifting, you know, it was, uh, it was something that we dreamed of for a long time. Um, and we actually made it a reality. It was a lot of work. Um, the price kind of reflects that that's kind of the thing that a lot of people are saying, you know, Hey, I wish it was a little cheaper. I can't even, I can't even put a price tag on how much time we have invested in this thing. And it was something that, you know, people said was impossible. Um, It definitely isn't. Um, We definitely did it It's working great. I think it'll be some, you know, the way of the future for the 68, uh, how fast it shifts um, is amazing Uh, from like your first to second and your second to third and your third to fourth. It's just an instant Uh, you know, click. It just, it's awesome. You can't even describe it. You really just have to ride in it to understand how, how awesome it
0: is. (laughs) Do you think it's going to have, I know it may be kind of tough to say right now, but do you think it's going to have a higher ceiling than a standard 68 RFE for, you know, something, at you know, over a thousand horsepower?
1: Absolutely. So this was our stepping stone to get us into, um, you know, a 68 into that 2000 horsepower range. And what we see is, uh, you know, the factory controller can't think as fast as we're adding power. So, you know, that being a um, a scenario, you know, took us down a lot of rabbit holes. Um, knowing that, you know, like this 68 RFE is a very smart trans. So, you know, as over time it goes into this clutch, it calculates how much time it took to actually see that clutch engage, and that that's what gives you your CVI data that the shops, um, ask for. So that CVI data is crucial to making the 68 work in the factory form. So when you're driving normal down the road and you're going for your, say your two, three shift, it knows that that CVI data is at a 67. Well, that 67 number translates into how much clearance is in that clutch pack. Um, so if, It's way out of spec. So say that clutch pack is super compressed, it's super loose. It can actually start pre-filling that clutch to almost get it to kind of engage before it needs it to get that gear to exchange flawlessly. So it doesn't have a flare shift or it doesn't bind up and slam each other. Um, So like outsmarting the factory controller was super hard, but it was also the downfall to how do we get the sixty-eight to handle two thousand horsepower? Because if you go from you know five hundred horsepower to a thousand, all of a sudden like that overlap of pressures of oncoming and offgoing clutches needs to be way different pressure-wise. So say like you know for five hundred horsepower, we could have a cross of an offcoming clutch at fifty pounds and oncoming at fifty pounds, but at a thousand horsepower. Now that pressure has to be almost doubled um, in order to get that horsepower to you know, stick to that friction and not have a flare, like a neutral um, between shifts. So we had to like, it was a lot of work. Uh, we have a ton of data logging. So we actually put um, pressure sensors on every single clutch circuit uh, in our test truck. And we would take a data log each time this thing was shifting gears and pull that data in and adjust how fast clutches are coming on, how fast clutches are coming off um, to make it kind of blanket over between, you know, a 500 horsepower um, tuned to all the way up to that thousand to 2000 horsepower. We know what pressure needs to be coming off and what pressure needs to be coming on per power level in order to not have, say that flare shift, it's a consistent, uh, firm feeling shift. Um, so like I said, like the whole, the whole project took way longer than I thought it would. Um, there was a lot of learning curves, but it also, you know, all this data that we gather also translates into what we do every day for the guys towing down the road. So if we have somebody come in and say, Hey, uh, we have a, we have a flare between this two three shift we know exactly what pressure that makes what pressure it would make um, the flare shift at so we can start looking you know hey do we have a, a, a pump going bad in the transmission um, creating a volume deficiency in the circuit um, you know do we have extra clearance in there that we just we need to speed that up in this this trans is learned to its maximum potential. So it can't pre-fill anymore. Uh, You know, it's it's just stuff like that. Like it has definitely opened our eyes to how important a lot of the small things are in these things um, that I think a lot of people actually overlook. And without the data, you wouldn't, you would never know. Um, We have a whole wall full of, uh, of stuff that we learned during this whole experience. And we take, we took, documented notes on um everything that we have learned and you know what issue caused or what was the cause and effect. Um, you know, we had an overpressure issue at one point in time and we had clutch packs double their clearance. And when we took it apart, you know, usually when you take apart a trans, you just take it apart. And you know you throw the old clutches away and you put new clutches in you and you look at, you know, the seals and you look at, um, you know, how the clearance comes out and air check it, whatever. But, you know, I don't, there's not a lot of shops that'll take a unit apart and say, okay, well, this clutch clearance was at this, this is why it was causing a flare shift. Well, when we start taking it apart, we start documenting like, how much is this worn? How much has it compressed? Like, why did it do this? And so, a lot of that stuff um, does fall into this, it, not just uh, the performance side of the 68, but the everyday drivers. Like, why do we see these things? Um, what causes this? How much pressure does it take to compress this clutch ten thousandths of an inch? Ten thousandths across ten frictions is a ton, you know? That's a hundred thousand of clearance. When you're working with 30 to 68 thousands of cleaners in that clutch pack and you've just added 100 that's a huge issue so um the manual valve body thing was definitely a huge learning curve Um, it is definitely i'm so glad we did it i'm so glad we, we took on that task and made something for the 68 guys um, it is it is cheaper to do than a 48 swap and in the market. Um, it is a big price tag, you know, uh, we don't recommend anybody doing it under like what we would consider our 800 build, which would consist of like, make sure it has a billet input shaft, make sure it has a triple disc converter, uh, make sure you have a good flex plate because these shifts are firm. Um, it's not going to feel like that slush box 68, you know, that you, you got from the factory. It definitely, you definitely feel the shifts, uh, exchange, um, and we, we did that purposely, you know, we're, we're in a performance-based application. We try to take that uh, slip time down on each clutch as much as possible. Every time we see a clutch, you know, slide in, obviously that creates heat. It takes friction material off. It, it de- decreases the life of the, the transmission in any application. Um uh, I think a lot of these manufacturers are still trying to get that material, just perfect to have that smooth. uh, I would say they're trying to go for that like CVT feel where you never feel like a shift happen. You know, it's just real smooth. You're taking a nice Sunday stroll, but um, as trans builders, we see that being a um, negative side effect especially if you're putting a little more power to these things and, and they're trying to slide that power in, it just doesn't ever work out for longevity wise. We, we see uh, a ton of heat build up super quick um, and it's just shed material each time it tries to smoothly make that exchange. Uh, you can see it on like anybody that knows like the 6L80 and the 6L90 Chevy gasser stuff. Um, the, the most common issue with those is the, uh, the torque converter. So they pulse with modulate, you know, that lockup in to get that smooth feel. And, and the 68 does the same thing. It has, um, a partial unlock. So it kind of, you know, you're clamped down hundred percent when you're in that gear. And then you'll see on your, like your easy link screen, like the circle around your gear indicator will kind of go to a half moon, not a full circle that's showing that it is partially taking the pressure off that lockup clutch. So it's kind of releasing the pressure against it and allowing it to slip. And then it's making an exchange and then it's coming back in and locking each time that happens. I I can't even explain. It's just, it takes so much time and heat and um, to make that stuff feel smooth. And so like in the tuning stuff, you know, we, we have to, make sure that we don't have a long pulse width on that uh, partial unlock. So we want to try to get that converter clutch to get in there and stay locked in and not have that heat build up and taking the material off the converter. Um, You know, the friction material has came a long ways. Um, We work uh, directly with um, Ray Bestis as they're pretty local to us. Um, A lot of the data that we're doing is for like making new friction materials for what uh, we're doing in the diesel industry, you know, whether it be in our um, pro street truck at 2,500 horsepower um, they've been a huge help, which um, you know, they're on board again this year for 2023 as a big sponsor um, for the 4748. Um, we're working directly with them on some of the 68 RFE to get that to get that perfect friction material that we can allow um, well, allow some slip to get in there without heating. And also, you know, at a certain pressure, make sure that thing is locked in and ready to take the power. So it's a fine line of, uh, of data that everybody needed to in order to progress that 68 to what it needs to be. So yeah, that was a lot, a lot, of, a lot of work. <laughs>
0: that's a there's a lot of really key key points or key things that that uh, I kind of honed in on one of them is you know we're talking about a full manual valve body on a truck that's definitely going to be over 800 horsepower and the people listening you know I'm sure there's some that are there some that are going to be pushing over a thousand and then there's a lot of guys who are at that 500 550 that are towing every day and they're thinking well how does this apply to me well it applies through those details that you talked about that you learned and I was thinking Back to like a thousand stories that I've heard before where some guy's got a 5.9 with a 48, um, transmission went out in a town that he's never been to, stops at a local shop, they rebuild it, it's good for another 100,000 miles. But then you take a 68 RFE, any of the year ranges, that happens to them, and it's this constant nightmare of burnt overdrives, underdrives, Sprags, converter. And those details are so important, whether it's at 500, 550, or a thousand, you know, and just getting the data, which I'm not sure it was ever done quite the way. Well, I don't think it was with the approach because this is the first one I've ever heard about. Um, The amount of information you guys have been able to learn, how that applies to the whole, every, you know, the kind of work stock towing transmission or the the street one or the competition one that you guys may may have in the future.
1: Yeah. Yep. And that was the big push. Um, You know, we can't progress without knowing what's happening in there. Um, we did the same thing with the forty-seven, forty-eight. in order to learn, um, how are we going to keep these clutches locked in? How are we going to hold 2,500 horsepower? We actually put the pressure ports in there and we studied our tails off and we have data after data, um, saved on hard drives that we go through and look at, and we can tell you how much pressure it took to capture, you know, 2000 horsepower and start bringing down RPM, excuse me. And, uh you know, we're doing the same, we're doing the same strategic plan with the 68. And it's, it's a, it's a, it, it worked the same way with the 4748. Like we use that data as our towing transmissions. We use that data and thousand horsepower, 800 horsepower, all that data pertains, you know, to everybody, not just, it's not just uh, high performance, the high performance side tests the limits of what, where do we cap this thing? You know, where's the limit of this actual unit at? Um, You know, so we're still trying to honestly find it. Um, I, I think like, you know, the, if anything could break it, it'd probably be a pro street truck. You know, the thing can make 2,500 horsepower. It's got tons of nitrous. Um, You know, the (laughs) uh, Johnny at stainless diesel has a, uh, a Billet ball bearing GT55e, you know, ha- had us put on last year. So we definitely have the fuel in the air. Um, SNS has us with 450 percent overs and twin 12 mil CP3. So, like that truck will straight put the load to anything possible um, with the 68. And we definitely plan to do that this year, as well as our uh, 2010 test truck, our single cab. Um, we've posted about a little bit. Uh, here and there, we actually just lowered it with the firepunk lowering springs on the front and got it sucked down to the ground. And uh, it's going to be in the 770 class in that um, ODSS circuit. So we're going to beat the crap out of this thing uh, all year round, you know, haul trailers with it. Um, make sure these these things are living up to what they should be.
0: Now with actually shifting, is it just like the, uh, the, uh, the 48s where you got the the floor shifter and you control, you know, locking, unlocking, basically the same, same type of setup of shifting through
1: the gears. Absolutely. So your shifter would be just normal. um, Just like the uh, 47, 48, like you said, you know, you have park and then you pull back for reverse and then you have your neutral detent. And then when you pull back again, that's going to be like your third gear, and then you have second and first. So in order to upshift, you just you know slap it forward and that's your one-two shift. Um, you have to pull a gate to get third on some uh, shifters or whatever. And then your lockup and overdrive are just on a toggle button. So when you want to have lockup, it can lock up in any forward gear. You would just hit the button and it will lock and it stays locked until you unlock it. Um, and then for your overdrive, you know, you hit a button once you're in third gear, it can go into overdrive. That's the only time it can ever go. Cause there was some, uh, 47, 48 valve bodies that would actually overdrive every gear accidentally. Um, so if you hit the button on accident, it would have fluid there to stroke the valve. And then you have overdrive and you're <laughs> overdriving like first, second, and third, and you go to click the button and it downshifts and you're like, Oh, something's weird, <laughs> but, uh, there's not many out there that can do it, but there is some. So we made it a safety feature where it can only hit overdrive in that gear, in that, in that third gear range or your quote unquote, your drive position.
0: What now somebody calls you and say, when you guys are ready and you offer these, what comes in, in the kit for it? Is it um, like the shifter or what part, you know, what parts of the transmission come with it? What would somebody need to get?
1: So we have it set up a couple different ways. Um, so we have it set up to where, you know, you buy the manual valve body, and there's a drop down on our website, and it will say, um, "What's it say? 68 RFE gated shifter linkage." So there is a core charge on that, um, just because the arm that goes on the 68 RFE we do have to modify for the ratchet shifter to go to for the cable to go through so instead of buying all new ones we just modify the ones that we have and hope that the customer sends them back if not then we'll end up buying new ones um so we have it that way where you can buy the linkage arm that goes on there and the cable bracket that bolts to the side of the transmission that's if you want to supply your own you know shifter tower your own shifter um or you, maybe you already have one laying around or you want to go to with a John Muldoon's or, you know, whatever. Um, so we set it up that way. And then we set up one that's all everything you would need to bolt this thing in your truck. So it'd go from the valve body. Um, there's a harness that splits off the, uh, main harness and you plug that into your truck and your valve body. So you can still read, you know, your prindle on the dash, your backup camel work, your remote start, your, everything would work Um, you know we can still we still get data in there for uh, shaft speed in and out so so like an all-inclusive would come with the uh, shifter the tower the linkage the valve body the controller the harness I mean it it literally is everything you would need to put it in there and uh, so yeah and that is on our website it is available to the public. It is about a two or three week build time at the moment. Um, it is very uh, time consuming to get them all together. So
0: I think it's a huge step. It's definitely a huge step forward with transmission technology on 68 RFEs. I think we chat about on another podcast with you the year range and the number of trucks that are out there and the span of them. There's so many. And it's different applications. I think it's going to be something that's huge for the performance side, um, which is going to be the future and it's going to be what people are wanting to go fast with, or, you know, what's available at the time um, that you right. can find. And I think having this option is going to be key because the power I think is pretty much figured out. It's not hard to get the power out of the trucks, but right. how you make it live is what's, what's key. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Without doing like, say like a 48 swap or something like that, and losing a bunch of functions and then, you know, then you have like hacked up brackets and stuff sitting under there. I mean, some of the 48 swaps, don't get me wrong, are beautiful and they look factory. Uh, it's just a lot of work, you know, um, to be able to unbolt your trans and bolt one in and put a shifter in and still have like the dependability and the same shifting and the same feeling as the 48RE. I feel like that's, you know, it was, it was almost like Mission Impossible. And then I get a lot of requests they are like, well can we have an option where it's manual valve body and then it can shift all six gears as well? Cause what if I, you know, want to tow my trailer and don't want to, you know, throw the shifter. And most people would say no, but honestly, we're looking at it and it is possible <laughs> and we are possibly going to have that option to have an auto six speed shifted 68 and you flip a button and then you have you have you know that four speed manual shift um, setup. So that is on our our uh, to do list, and we're going to start testing with that real soon in our test truck. Um, so it's possible to do it. I'm just I don't know how easy it's going to be. So we have a lot of other projects that we've uh, dived into that um, are taking a lot of my my free time Um, so it might be a bit till we get to that you know we want to definitely get like this manual valve body done and set up and and proven and make sure that's what you know everything's working as it should and it absolutely is and uh, if we want to add on to it you know it'll probably be a month or two Um, race season prep is here and we Mm -hmm. have a we have a grocery truck with no pistons in it right now. so <laughs> so our free time is going into that and design and development on some other um, some other transmissions for the racers. that's uh, been heavily asked of us for a long time, and we kind of kept pushing it off and pushing it off and luckily now we uh, we have built a crew to um, free me up of the daily duties. So now we have um we have a ton of help in the shop, and it's amazing. I haven't had that before um basically, it frees me up to be able to do draw on cad and and think of different things to design and you know go down these rabbit holes of of madness that make me not want to sleep at night, you know like I need to get this thing done and just I need to see if this works so it's awesome um having the crew there to help us you know this, um, get to that point, which I haven't had. So that's, uh, that's why we're able to come out with all these new things. And, and we're definitely, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I have a whole, uh, binder full of ideas that I've thought of over the years that I haven't been able to actually go out and, um, execute just because, you know, I was like ordering parts and taking all the phone calls and building the transmissions and, you know, now we have, we have an awesome crew that, you know, does tear down. Um, I'm in there to oversee everything, but I can also be on my project, you know, and be in the machine shop at the same time and, and stuff like that. So it's super cool.
0: People definitely need to follow you guys on Facebook and Instagram. Cause you guys post some really cool stuff. And I was going to ask you, I know we we're chatting about 68 manual valve body, but I saw some four 100 stuff and there's definitely a market for, for that. There's some swaps out there. There's some guys doing different things. There's some high-powered 7.3s out there. What are you guys working on for those?
1: <clears throat> so that's a, that's one project that we should be... Um, it's not fully tested yet, so I can't promise anything. But uh, nothing's ever stumped us. We've always overcome any obstacle that we've ever ran into. So it will definitely be a working feature. But uh, we're getting into the trans break on the 4100. one hundred uh for many years like you know even the lightning F150s um have asked and nobody has ever produced um there's been a couple of people that's tried um i don't know what they've ran into uh, personally but i can tell you that we have something that will work 100% it goes on the valve body dyno probably tomorrow um It's been a huge request. I have a, I I started this back in 2020. I had this idea, I drew it out on paper, but just like I said before, I didn't have time to do my daily routine task and, you know, design and develop these things. So I'm finally getting around to doing it. And uh, we have something prototype wise mounted up. Uh, It uh, definitely is going to be super cool. And, um, it goes off of some of our other designs that we already have working in other transmission platforms. That's how I'm pretty, you know, pretty certain that when we bolt this thing in, it's, it's definitely going to be a trans break. Um, we'll know probably by the end of the week or early next week, we'll actually put it in a truck and, uh, we'll probably do a video on that. I'm sure I'm certain we will, um, you know, bringing it up on the trans break, making sure everything's holding and working as it should, you know, release times are correct and make sure we don't have to go in there and start modifying passages and stuff like that. So, you know, that's, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, designing something, you know, it's, it's honestly, it's pretty easy, like in your head, if you can follow fluid tracks and stuff like that, you, if you have a desire of what you want it to do, um, that's the easy part. It's usually overcoming, you know, how fast is this thing coming on? How fast is it coming off? How much volume is it going to take? Um, you know, is there adequate pressure there? Uh, do we need to vent this here? Um, you know, how fast does it return to normal? Like we don't want to drag a clutch on. So stuff like that, like we can have a full working apparatus uh, in the valve body dyno, but until you get it in a truck, you you know, it, it can work 100% on that valve body dyno. And you put it in a truck and it, you know, drags on uh, release or something like that. And you have to kind of tweak it and, you know, orifice some feeds or open up a feed or, you know, stuff like that. So, um, that's kind of the stages we're at with it, but it is a thing and it, uh, it is looking promising, uh, to have, you know, four 100 trans breaks in the 2023 race season, uh, possibly some even in the UCC challenge. So, uh, that was kind of our big deadline that we wanted to basically get, um, some units in the UCC with a, with a four hour trans break, obviously like the UCC is definitely like, if you want to test something, those guys, you know, are pushing the limits of motor drivetrain. um, you know, themselves, uh, we've obviously we've been there, we've done that. We know what it takes. It's, it's a lot of work and, uh, if you want to test something, that's definitely the place to test it. You know, it's a, uh, if you want to strain it, they can do it. So we got a couple people picked out for that. and We'll be there uh, to help them. If they have any transmission failures, we're going to actually bring units and parts and pieces and have a, uh, have a trans bench set up in our, our uh, race trailer to be able to help our, our sponsored guys, you know, throughout the night and stuff like that. So that'll be super cool.
0: Oh yeah. <clears throat> One of the questions we're starting to get a lot of these now is about ten speed stuff. The power stroke, the Duramax. And I mean is it is it too early to really jump into those yet? Like are they are they really breaking that much or are they going to here in the future with some of the tuning and hard part upgrades that are out there? You're gonna see more of it?
1: Um, it's definitely gonna be a weak link. Mm-hmm. Um it's not like the uh old trusty five speed Allison anymore um we have seen a lot of uh a lot of i guess chevy was probably the first ones to kind of show their wear their weaknesses uh the ford seems to be built a little better even though they're really similar um the allison 10 speed um, is looking like it's chewing up portion of the drum assembly so like where the where the steels ride in aluminum clutch housing which is always been a no-no anyway like you you never try to put a in diesel applications with a torque we never try to put a steel on a aluminum wear surface like that's kind of like the whole theory behind Uh, billet center support for a 68 like we take that aluminum clutch housing out because the steel is obviously stronger than the aluminum and what it'll do is it'll start wearing on that aluminum bridge in there and it will start either making grooves so when it goes to apply the clutch it's stuck and it can't get on fast enough so it burns up the clutch or it will end up breaking all the way through the aluminum and the piece and the piece that's supposed to stay stationary starts spinning and it becomes a <laughs> internal lathe <laughs> inside your trans and is no good um so like i said like the gm side of things we're seeing um a higher volume i guess of request um and internal failures on that drum um We've talked to some manufacturers about, you know, the uh, wear items that they're seeing. Um, It's only gonna get worse with the, you know, emissions-equipped tuning stuff and, you know, the um, emissions-compliant turbos and intakes, and, you know, that extra 50 horse, that extra 100 horse, that, you know, 200 horsepower tune. Um, I seen uh, PPEI release some emissions uh, on tuning for the 10 speeds this week, I think it was. Um, you know, making that firmer, crisper shift, um, like we talked before, it does add length of lifespan, but we have to make sure like the internal hard parts of these transmissions are there to take it, and I think that's what we're going to start seeing um, more and more. Um, They're pretty fresh, so Excuse me. Um, I know a a lot of us are looking at it. We're trying to find the most cost efficient way because these whole assemblies are 150 pounds and it's like an input to an output shaft. And they're super huge. Like you just literally unload this thing out the front and then you start unstacking all these drums and all these clutches. You know, they're all in a big row. Um, So like that whole drum assembly, like to machine a complete new one. Um, out of a better material, I don't think it's out of the picture. I think right now it's out of most people's budget. Um, we heard the same thing when they, like when they first introduced them and they were in the testing stages. We had some sneak peeks of what it was going to look like inside, what the input shaft looked like. Um, one of the manufacturers we were talking to said, "Man, if we have to make this input shaft, like this input shaft is going to be a seven thousand dollar input shaft." So you know, finding ways to overcome like that cost, um, with a different design, maybe it's going to take a little bit of time, but I, I, I know a lot of us are working on it. Um, we're definitely seeing what the limitations are currently. We're seeing where the highly wear spots are currently. Um, like I said, like the Fords look to be a little beefier, like some of the drum design they have of, um, you know, the the steels are wearing on a steel surface rather than aluminum, um, stuff like that. You know, that that was a good move on their part. Um, so I I honestly like the 10 speed stuff, um, it's definitely gonna be a thing. It's definitely here to stay. Um, and it's definitely going to I think probably be, you know, it's probably another 10 years before you see it in a super high horsepower, just because of, you know, when you start dealing with 10 speeds, um, it it becomes very, very complicated technology. To be a trans builder and be like somewhat of an electronic engineer and be able to help tell the tuner what exactly it needs and where we want it. And like being able to translate between the two people or being able to be your own person in tuning and building um, is very rare. I mean, that's kind of, the, that's kind of the way we're trying to go. Um, we're trying to be able to basically get into the technical side of tuning and be able to, understand, you know, what's going on inside the transmission, where's our wear parts, like, how can we make this better? So we're going to try to do that all internally rather than having two people, um, you know, communicating and trying to understand, we're trying to basically be all in one. So that being said, like in the performance side of the 10 speeds, we are going to dip into it. Um, unfortunately, we're going to start inside the gas side which will be the same type of controlling as what the diesels will be, but um, we have a uh, we have a project that we started a couple years ago. That uh, I have a couple guys that work for me that are LS freaks. Um, I've always kind of liked uh, billet blocks, you know, in the gas world. I love the screw blowers. HEMI stuff. Um, so we're probably going to go that direction and have a scoop, screw blower HEMI uh, set up with a 10 speed in our own style of controller. So that's, that's how we're taking the approach approach into um, say the diesel side of it. We're going to get our feet wet with seeing how fast will this thing react in the gasser world? Cause we can like the rate of climb in a gasser can be a lot faster and a lot more RPM than a diesel. So if we can conquer that, I know we can slow everything down enough for the diesel to be able to, you know, think exchange gears, you know, lock it in. So that's kind of our approach to it. Uh, start small and go to the bigger, to the bigger diesel, higher torque. Um, so you know, everybody, I think honestly, like as time moves on, you know, you get more technology involved. And I think that's our biggest downfall currently is, you know, even these stock trucks, like you get inside of a, a 2022 Ford and it's brand new and you go to put it in drive and it just don't shift right. You know, it hasn't learned uh, yeah. how it wants to shift or, you know, you hook a trailer to it after you ha- after you put a thousand miles on it. And now all of a sudden it's like, it's almost like it's slipping. And you're like, what the heck? Well, it's just it trying to learn every value of every aspect of how much load, what kind of pressure coming off needs to be coming on, on this clutch. So we don't have an overlap or we don't have a flare of a neutral. So that like, like I said, like we had to learn all that stuff with the manual valve body and all that stuff, like, it's a small picture, but it's a huge picture in the end because it's all the same type of data we need to know for 10 speeds. Uh, No matter what, like any type of clutch on clutch transmission, we can use that data. We can pair that friction material with that pressure and that power and be able to tell you at what point do we need this cross to happen? And it will go across the board and we'll be able to take that data and we'll be able to do screw blur HEMI stuff. And we'll be able to take that data and we'll be able to do, you know, thousand horsepower daily stuff. Um, But getting all that data in and translating it into something and controlling it is I think the biggest holdup. And as the manufacturer wants to add gears and they want to add that smooth shift feeling, regardless of what kind of um, application, whether you're tow haul or, you know, Sunday driving, you know, cruising to the mall or whatever. They want that same exact feel and the same exact shift point and the same exact everything throughout all those power levels. And it's almost, I, I, I shouldn't say impossible because nothing is impossible, but it is. I mean, it, it's, it's very hard for a computer um, to basically know how your foot is going to react uh, when you hook up a trailer, right? So like, um, you know, it doesn't know when you unload the skid steer and you're empty and you go to take off and all of a sudden it slams a gear. Well, it's not loaded how it was. It thought you were going to pull, you know, pull out and it was going to take more power and more pressure to clamp that load. So now all of a sudden your transmission's kind of slamming gears. Well, in order to like cure that. I'm not sure where we're gonna end up. So, you know, obviously, like the new the new systems are operating at a super fast rating, so they're taking all this data in super quick and they're outputting it super fast. Now, I don't know if they're up to that like thousand hertz, which would be a thousand samples per second, or they're at like a 500 hertz. Like, I don't know hardware of what the brand new ECM TCMs are doing. Um, but like that Hertz rating is what's really going to make or break. Um, you know, how fast do we need to learn this? How quick can it, you know, change and make this feel happen? Um, how fast can it take this data in and output it? So being able to basically grow with technology on that end of things is where everybody is going to have to learn. So, you know, do we like your typical, Um, computer is going to work off of like say like a 25 hertz or a 50 hertz so 25 to 50 samples per second um, to make that change but when you're trying to do instant changes like having a hertz value of that 500 to a thousand hertz is going to be what's going to be needed I think in the future of um, you know controlling these things so I think that's what everybody's kind of looking at working on. I know that's where we're headed is to make sure we have a controller that can take the data in fast enough and output it fast enough. um, Kind of make it as seamless as possible. Um, So yeah. Yeah. The 10 speed will definitely be there. It's going to take some time. It's going to take manufacturers a lot. It's going to just, it's, it's going to be a big money, um investment for a lot of these manufacturers um unless they can find ways to make inserts and custom frictions and steels you know to try to take some of that wear um out of the these aluminum drums basically be able to sleeve what's already there might be an option uh we've talked about it um rather than making an entire drum would just be it'd be crazy um As of right now, especially with the way the economy is going with, you know, the price of of metals and stuff like that, Um, having a having a chunk of aluminum that's, you know, say, like 10 inches around that you have to basically hollow out would not be cheap. So, yeah, that's kind of the kind of the little gist of the 10 speed action going on. It is it is being worked on, though, for sure.
0: Well, I think with uh, kind of the the tuning side, the hard parts, it's going to get there eventually. But what I mean, people need to follow you guys because there's so many cool things. Like that's where I saw the manual valve body, saw the four hundred one hundred stuff. I'm sure people listening are going to have questions about that manual valve body or the trans brake or just, you know, a a 68 RFE for their daily driver, their their truck they're towing with. How can they find you guys on Instagram, Facebook, or reach out with specific questions (laughs) that they might have?
1: So you can always reach us on Facebook at WP Developments. Um, we have a page on there. We're super active on there. We we try to post an update. Like if we're not doing it twice to three times a week, there's something wrong. <laughs> um, as well as uh, WP underscore developments, I do believe on our Instagram. Um, we're getting a lot better about um, being on Instagram and posting on there. Um we definitely upped our game on, on that side of things. I, th- I feel like we've let some people down that follow us only on Instagram and not on Facebook. Um, so we've definitely upped our game on the Instagram thing. Um, if you have any like technical questions, you can reach me at, uh, Ethan at WP developments, uh, dot com. That's my email, or you can, uh, call or text the phone number of 765-586-0871. Um, eight through five, Monday through Friday, that phone's always on. Uh, we can call or text on that phone. Um, email is always up on my computer. I'm always constantly checking emails. Um, somebody's always constantly on the Facebook or the Instagram. So we try to stay on top of all that stuff. Um, you know, for communication, it seems like you know that that texting or that email or that, you know, private messages is, is the way uh, most people do it. You know, some of the older generations will hang, uh, pick up the phoning and, and ring us in, you know? So <laughs> either way we're here.
0: It's always cool to, uh, to chat with you and just go down <clears throat> kind of the rabbit's hole of, of development, innovation, cutting edge stuff and see what you guys are doing. I think it's huge um, for not just you guys, but then also the enthusiasts that are out there and what they can do. Like five years ago, you have told me you could have a manual shifting 68 RFE. I'd be like, no way, that's not happening. That's, that's never gonna be a thing. Well, here it is. So it's uh, it's always great to chat with you, Ethan. I look forward to seeing what you guys do, um, not just with transmissions, but then with the, uh, the race truck and the UCCs coming up. So I appreciate your time today chatting with us and giving us some insights into what you guys are doing on transmissions.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having us.
0: Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 20Diesel for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money on some really cool gear. So if you need something for hunting, fishing, EDC, something around the job site, they definitely have something for every budget. Great way to take advantage and save some money if you're in the market. I also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters. Um, Tyler Lowe and a 23 Diesel, John all of our other Patreons, all of you who subscribe on YouTube podcast apps that are on our Discord, our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We appreciate all of your guys' support and encouragement and suggestions for shows, topics, and guests. We look forward to bringing you even more of the content that you want to hear in 2023. Until next time,
1: keep the shiny side up.